Thanks for listening and welcome to the Bridges Community Church Podcast. Christ alone offers freedom, but we often keep ourselves locked up by trying to add on to His gift, and we further tighten the chains. Christ alone offers freedom to step outside the gates of our prisons and learn to experience life on the outside. Listen in as we check out our current series on the New Testament book of Galatians titled, Life on the Outside, with today's teaching pastor, Ron King. Church family, so good to be with you. Uh, last week I had the privilege of being at South Bay Community Church, which is an African-American church in our town. It's down in Warm Springs. And um, got to tell you, in that kind of environment, it's pretty fun you know, when you're speaking. There's a lot of interaction, and it's really live. And um, the second service they had, I was at, and they, uh, they had this choir, big choir that was jamming like crazy, and uh, all these instrumentalists up here. And they, it was a wall of sound. It was really loud. And I thought, um, wow, that's really great. You know, and everyone's really into it. And I came here. I, I snuck out at the end of their service, and I came over here, and I thought, hey, that, that's kind of mellow, you know. It, it's, um, it's not our culture, you know, it's same different cultures, and we're all worshiping God in little different ways. And I thought that was great. And, and then um, we got a couple comments on our cards. Man, the music's loud here. Here. I'm thinking, oh, I, I've got some place to take you, you know, right? <laughs> You know, the thing is, um, like in our house, I, I'll turn on the TV, and my ear's a little different than my wife's, and, and I'll crank it up a little louder. I know Fred does the same thing in his car. He's saying the same story, and, and our wives turn it back down. And that's a little bit of what happens with us in our services to try to help each other be able to worship God. We, we try to, you know, help each other with the volume. So just so you know, in the first service, our 9 o'clock service, is a little mellower, is a little quieter. And if you've got hearing issues and it's, it's a little hard for you to engage here um, when we get a little louder, maybe the 9 o'clock might be a better option. We've also been praying and thinking about as a leadership team, the next venue, as you know, our church is a church of multiple venues. We do church in multiple languages, but we also are thinking about the next venue. And kind of the trigger point for us to launch the next venue for us is going to be the, um, kind of critical mass of our fellowship and then be able to launch the next one. So that's what we're praying for, thinking about, and that next one will be formed a little bit different, shaped a little bit different. So our heart really is to help everybody engage in worship of the Lord God because of what he's done for us. So thank you for being part of the family, and if the music's a little louder and you want a little softer, nine o'clock might be the better option for you. And if that's too loud, then um, okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> We, um, and what I told the 9 o'clock service was, that means if we're going to turn music down a little bit in the 9 o'clock, you have to sing louder. But you guys don't get off the hook. We just got to all together worship God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, I have another story to tell you. Fred mentioned the letter, and that really is to help educate everyone here and to say, our heart really is not about the dollars that get spent here um, or the money that you give. Our heart really is to build in each of us a spirit of generosity. And that's part of what following Jesus means. It means that my stuff is not my stuff to hoard, but it's to invest in the kingdom and loving other people and to discover the joy of generosity. When you think of it, God has been so generous with us. All right, so I'm having a conversation with a, with a couple who I really appreciate. And um, they came into my office. They were thinking about the letter, and they um, want to make a gift. And so they... Um, we're talking about it. Actually, I had a great conversation about 
kind of generosity and how God does that in our hearts and takes us different steps. And, and um, they were going to write a check right then, but they weren't um, able to because they needed to go through uh, their foundation. And so they, um, so they left, and I thought, I'm just praying for them, you know, because I, I love them, and um, I know God was going to be stretching them. And Monday morning rolls around, this Monday morning, and uh, uh, there was a check from a foundation that came, and it came to me, um, Sue Edstrom brought it to me because was, she wasn't sure what to do with it. It was just a, from a foundation letter. I opened the check, and it was a check for $5,000. And I thought, you know, that's so great. I'm so thankful for their generosity and how God is working in them, and um, praise God. But it doesn't sound like the right foundation, you know? So I took it to Lori Walter, who is our bookkeeper here. And I said, hey, Lori, here's a check. I usually don't know. In fact, the pastoral staff, they don't really know what people give here, right? But um, I, I took this check, and I said, but I don't think it's the same couple. It doesn't sound like the right foundation. And um, Lori said, oh, that, that's not. Um, the gift they gave was a lot larger. And um, this couple gave this very, very generous gift um, as just an expression. And what I wish you could have seen was just their eagerness to give, their heart because they love this church, and really what God is doing, weaving out in their life. And the bigger picture is how God is answering a prayer of our fellowship. If you haven't been around us, you probably don't know the story that our church has been actively giving ourselves away in the community in a lot of different ways through church planting, sending people away, and um, seeing the kingdom multiply through those efforts. It's been very exciting. But what that happens to us is sometimes that God brings us to a point where we're wondering, Oh, Lord, are we going to make it? And by faith, we're praying. But like most of you, our faith can be pretty small in that endeavor. And this last week, I just, you know, I uh, just want to tell you that God is doing above and beyond what we can imagine to, to care for, to expand our faith, and to provide the finances for this fellowship to continue to be faithful to the Lord. So we'd be foolish not to be incredibly grateful that's just who we are, just to be thankful and to keep living by faith, right? That's the point that God would carve in us generosity for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of more people understanding who Jesus is and how to have a relationship with God that's right and healthy and whole. So praise God for that. We're really very, very excited about what he's doing. If you have questions about any of that, uh, you can always ask us. And, um, but make sure this week to praise God for his great faithfulness and goodness to us. We get to dive into Galatians chapter 6. It's the last message in this series in the book of Galatians. If you've missed it or any part of it, here's the great news, that, that you don't have to measure up. You don't have to feel like I have to do this stack of things, achievements, duty, of things that other people will be impressed with, religious exercises, in order for God to have a relationship with me and for him to love me and for me to be his. The reason why that's so important for us is that there are a huge amount of isms in our culture today, aren't there? Everyone's got to take about how to have a relationship with God and what he expects out of us if God in, indeed even exists. Um, there are a group of people that I know and that I appreciate and, um, you know, that I have personal relationships with who are Muslims. And they have a framework 
of trying to earn God's favor through their works, through their set of things that they do. I have another set of friends, neighbors, who are Hindus. They have a a system of religion that tells them they have to do a series of good things in order to earn the next step for their karma's sake. They, They have to do these good things. I have some friends who are Mormons. They believe not just that God gives grace, but they have to earn that grace. They have to do a bunch of things in order to be good. I have a lot of people in my life who've got all kinds of isms that believe that they have to do these things, this set of things. Brothers and sisters, we just sang a song. It's a historic hymn, kind of put to new music. This is amazing. Grace. That God will look down, creator God will look down on you and I, and not because of our works, not because of anything that we have done. But while we were still, as Romans says, sinners, God demonstrated his love toward Keith and toward me, that he would love us, that he would give himself, and he would go through a cross, the, the execution of himself on a cross, so that he might pay the price of my sin and I might live free. And the message of Galatians is, so then, live free. Don't live under guilt, under shame, under the bondage of trying to do it and carry that load and falling short because you know that all have fallen short and fallen short of the glory of God, Scripture says. His perfection, you can't do that but God can invest you with his goodness. So we've been celebrating this great truth. We've been working our way through Galatians. And last week, just chapter five of Galatians is such a rich portion. And Pastor Nate did such a great job with that, didn't he? Um, Just really appreciated the word. And part of what Nate was asking, he asked us a couple questions. If indeed you are free and that you want, you're committed to live by the leadership of God's spirit, in you. How is that different? And he asked us a couple questions. What is it that you presently need to crucify? What is it that you need to put to death so that you are free to be able to follow God and the liberty that God has called you to? What is it that needs to be put to death in your own life that's keeping you from living the life that God wants for you? And the, the second question that Nate asked is, where do you need to make space for the Spirit? Because the Spirit of God wants to do something in us, powerful, internally, inside of us, and externally. The internal part, it talks about in Galatians chapter 5, that he wants to produce in you character change, stuff that only he can do. He wants to provide and provoke and develop and deepen inside of you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, good. He wants to create in you the fruit of God's Spirit. That's the character changes God's Spirit is unleashed inside of you and changes you into the person that your, your spouse always dreamed that you would become and your, your parents always hoped for. But bigger than that, that God wants out of you. That interior change is what God so desires as, as His Spirit does that work that you cannot do. And that always spills out in 
And following Jesus and being a person who is a follower of Christ, it's not about us. It's about what God does in and through us and out of us. When Jesus asked two most important things, frame it if you can, Jesus, all of our existence and who we are to be and what we're to be about. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is a lot like it because it's the outflow of it. When I love God, this is what happens in my life. When the Spirit of God is in charge of my life and moving me forward, this is what happens. I love my neighbor as myself. Not out of my own works or my own effort, but God so reshapes me that I now have a passion to put my neighbor's needs in front of my own and to love them. Actually, to really lay myself down for them, to care for them, be concerned about their needs. That's the expression that faith, my faith in him that saves me, that rescues me, it changes me to be a lover of people. And that's the heart of the gospel. When God so loved me, he did that with purpose to bring me into relationship with him by his grace, by his unmerited love, through faith in him and what he's done for me, and to change me to be a lover of other people so that people might know, people might see it in Pete. They might see the powerful love of God working through him to love his neighbors. So how does that actually look like in real life? And that's what Galatians 6 is going to speak to us about. Now, just a word for those of you who are in the seeker mode. We often refer to the Bible as God's word, and we know that you will have questions about that. What those of us who follow Christ have discovered over experience and study is that this is a very unique book, and it's God's word to us. So we treat it as that. We listen to it and invite him to speak to us. Starts this way, verse 1, and I'm going to read all the way through Galatians 6. Brothers, it's a general word, ladies, relax, okay. If anyone is caught in any transgression, that is, any sin, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is love your neighbor as yourself. How do you fulfill it? You bear one another's burdens, that says. For if anyone thinks he is something... When he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each of you will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. See with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. We can't actually see it in our text, but he's writing in large letters. 
It's those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised. Again, in context, that was part of the argument. A group of people were trying to force people to obey part of the Old Testament law. And Paul's making an argument. It's about your faith in Christ, not about the works that you do. So force you to be circumcised, and only in order, here's their motive, that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even, circum, for even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that, you may, that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything or uncircumcision, but a new creation. That's the point that God is making you new, making me new, a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Again, in the context of Galatians, the Israel of God are those people who have been saved by faith. Not, it's not a, a cultural thing or ancestry. It's about those people who have been rescued by God's grace. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Now, again, Galatians has been calling us to this, that that God's word has been calling us to live a life led by God's spirit and not our achievements. But when God does this work inside of me, when God changes me, then I actually start living for the sake of Christ and for the sake of those people. And God's Spirit pours out His love in and through me and does things. Um, We have a bunch of different people and a bunch of different careers here in this room. Some of you are in sales and some of you are in the tech industry. Some of you are in banking. Some of you are teachers. I'm looking at a lot of careers around here. I know a lot of you do a lot of different things. But for those of us who follow Jesus, we are all in actually one most significant business. It's the business of making disciples. It's this mission that God has us in. And he does that as as we follow him and express, God's spirit expresses through us God's intent. He's shaping us to be a part of this business. And the first business career that he wants us to be in part of in terms of the mission is the restoration business. So um, in our house, we had a toilet that got stuck. Never a good thing, right? When your toilet gets clogged. I know maybe you've never experienced this, but this was a pretty significant clog, and we couldn't get it unclogged, which is all bad because we've got kids, you know, who will think, oh, if you just flush it one more time, that's never good, right? Because stuff flows out. It's like, if I can, it's like sin, right? It's just... This stuff, when, I, when sin clogs it, it stops the relationship I have between myself and God, and it mess, you know, flows out of my life and affects everything. So, um, so I go to the store and get some Drano, and that doesn't work. It, it's still this pick and clog toilet that stinks, and it's got stuff. And, and then my dad goes to one of his favorite places, Home Depot. Picks up one of these bad boys. You know what I'm talking about, right? This is not the little wimpy three-foot one. This is the six-foot snake. And um, 
and it works. So again, I'm here to tell you, we've got clean flowing toilets in the King household if you want to stop by. But it, um, dad did, did this. He, he came alongside and he helped me. And this is the story that, that Paul is saying. Okay, so if you are loving your neighbor as yourself, part of what you're involved in is the restoration of others. Because God's plan is to take you from being ruined and wrecked in your relationship, separated in your relationship from God because of what sin has done, your own disobedience, and take you to a place of healing and wholeness and health, cleanness and purity. That's where he wants you to live in. So part of our restoration business that we're involved in is helping people understand the good news of God's grace that if they just place their faith in Christ, yeah, it's challenging and it's wild and adventurous, but if you just do this, God will make you new because he has already done the work to pay for your forgiveness and your cleansing. He bought the snake, right? He's, he's already done this and invites you to trust him to clean you. So just place your faith in him. But all of us know who are followers of Jesus that it does not stop there, that I still can have sin in my life. And it can still damage the relationship I, I have with him. And so I, as part of God's tool that he uses, am in the restoration business. I have the privilege of helping other people take care of their sin and their life. And that's what he speaks to here in the first verse. If anyone is caught in sin or transgression, you who are spiritual or those who are spiritually mature among you should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Take a look around you, would you, just for a moment, people around. Did you know that you're in the restoration business in their life? That you serve a function here today, not just to sing songs, but if there's someone around you who is struggling with sin, I know that probably never would happen in our church, right? Actually, every one of us this week struggled with sin. Some of us struggle with greed. Some of us struggle with lust. Some of us with addictions that, that wounded and scar and are still doing that to people around us. We have a long list of brokenness here. But the great truth is that if I'm to love a neighbor as myself, then I'm actually in the restoration business. When people come, I, I say, hey, Tim, I just noticed that you're struggling with this, brother. Um, and, you know... I'm not being fat-headed about this because I sin too. But let me help you get out of this trap and escape your sin. That's the business that we're in, making, not restoring someone to a place where they were, but even better than they ever were. I love um, old cars, and I love seeing old cars turn into hot rods. Not just what they were, restored like they were, but actually, you know, souping them up and putting them better than others. And there's all kinds of shows, you know, on cable that show these things. And I stumbled across one this week where they were taking the two teams and they were having this contest of these rebuilders. And they were given uh, 1970 minivans. And they were, the project was that they were to make them the best possible vehicles by redesign and by, and performance that they could, and, and the winner got this great prize, and so they stripped these bad boys down, and they made this crazy great creations that were just like souped up, hopped up. That's what God is talking about for you. 
that I look at my friends around me and I know that God has this really great plan for Kenny. It's better than what he is today. And I consider Kenny, and out of gentleness, say, Kenny, let's get better, man. Here's, here's something I've seen in your life. Kenny says the same thing to me. Hey, Ron, I, I see this thing in your life. Let's get at that together. And, and let's live like God has called us to live. So you're in the restoration business. Did you know that? If you're a follower of Jesus, that's part of our task. And we do that with gentleness, not with fat heads, knowing that we are all broken. Don't, be, don't deceive yourself like this is not a sin that you're wrestling with too or you could be struggling with. But restore. got a phone call from my friend a few years ago who um, I had been in a small group with for a long time. And he had lied to me for a long time. And he said, um, just got to tell you because it's going to come out, the news is already out, that I've been having an affair for the last nine years or whatever. I was so ticked off at him. And I was so self-righteous when I think back about it now. I was mad that he didn't tell me or he'd been lying to me this whole time. I just wanted to go and you know, straighten him out, punch him in the face for my stupid things that came through my mind, you know. As if I have never struggled with spiritual and sexual temptation. As if, as if I'm some paragon of virtue, right? And I just, I just did it bad. I just, you know, I just, I didn't pursue with gentleness the restoration of my brother. I totally regret that. There are those in our fellowship do really great that I admire. Pastor Fred is one of them. He, he's got this gentle heart that restores people, and he's in the middle of doing counseling with a bunch of people who are wrestling, and we're seeing this great spiritual fruit. You know, There are many of you that are like that. Some of you who are doing CR know this. That it's about restoration, but it's not just the CR people, is it? Every one of us are part of this crew to do restoration in gentleness, not in harshness, but to love each other and to restore each other to pristine hot rods for the Lord. There's a second um, great challenge to us in this text, verses 6 through 10. It tells us that we are in the harvest business. Did you see the the language talking about reaping? Now, he's going to talk about a spiritual discipline for us. And it's a principle. The, The principle is in your life, you reap what you sow. That's a no-brainer, right? For any of you who have done farming, you realize that it doesn't just happen. You actually have to sow. You have to, you have to put a seed in, and not just any old seed will work. You want to put good seed in, and not just a few seeds. You want to put in a lot of good seeds so that when harvest time comes, what happens? Did you see this in the news? Some guy um, had, you know, the pumpkin festival that happens all the time. And some guy came into that pumpkin festival this year at Half Moon Bay with like a 2,000-pound pumpkin. That's crazy. He was caring for that and nurturing that, that seed. And he had this fantastic harvest. It wasn't the only pumpkin that he grew. He grew a bunch of them. Here's the, the spiritual discipline that Paul is talking about here. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're, you're either sowing stuff that's going to be corrupted and it's not going to last, or you're sowing stuff that will lead to eternal life. If you're sowing stuff that's not going to last, like if you're investing in 
your bank account or in a nicer car, a nicer home, a better education. Those things, while they're okay, if that's where your investment is, at the end of the day, nothing's going to last. It's going to be worthless. It's going to corrupt. You're not going to take it with you, by the way, to heaven. But if you're sowing eternal things, ah, that, that's the harvest. And it's going to get tough, by the way. Did you know that? Because he said, don't grow weary of this process. A farmer works from early in the morning till late at night if they're doing it well. This investment that we make, loving other people, helping them understand the gospel, how good God is, it takes work and effort. But you are in the harvest business. And don't be discouraged because one day you're going to see this rich harvest in your life. Um, Part of my job description is to go to funerals. And um, some of them are good. Some of them are great. Some of them are really lousy. I went to a funeral one time. I was asked by the family to go and to do this funeral. I didn't know the family. They're from in our community. And so I went to it and I was the only one there. The family didn't even show up. The undertaker was there, and it was me. I was going to give this message I had already prepared, you know. <laughs> it's just me there. Because he, was, he had sown everything that was corruptible. It had been all about himself. I later learned from the family their story. Everyone hated him because he was all about himself. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that's so tragic. I have another friend dear friend. I've told you about him before. His name is Richard, um, who I serve with at a fellowship, and he had been at this church for 25 years, and he, all he was about was making disciples, helping people understand who Jesus was and help them grow in their faith. And at this funeral, over 5,000 people were there. Like it's story after story after story about Richard's investment and the things that lasted. I thought, I want to be like that. Not that... When I die, there are going to be 5,000 people there. Whatever, I'm not going to know about that or even care about that, really, who was there at my funeral. But that, but that I'm in the harvest business and I'm going to sow things that really matter into people's lives. That's what matters. And that's the great call in your life that you could be part of things that last eternally. You can be part of this kind of harvest. In a minute, we're going to see some baptisms. That's about the harvest, about people coming and placing their faith in Christ, and we're going to celebrate together because we're in the harvest business together. And you, Paul says, like me, are in the cross business. I love how he says, yeah, you can brag about a lot of things, but man, for me, here's the one thing I'm going to brag about, the cross. Why would you brag about an instrument of execution? Why would you do that? You know why it is. Some of you who follow Jesus, you know why it is, right? We brag about the cross of Jesus because it is the story of God's love for me when I did not deserve it, when I did all this foolish things, all these things that hurt the heart of God and disobeyed him. When I was wrong, God still loved me. And the cross is the demonstration of that, of his grace for me, his great, persistent, tenacious, sacrificial love for me. It is the cross of Christ that I want to tell people about. Because it tells people that I don't have to work to earn God's favor. In fact, I always fall short. But God, 
the almighty God of heaven and earth, he loved Miles. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing grace. And that he loved me too. That's even more amazing that he loves us. And so we tell people about it because we're in that business. Not to be hyper-spiritual, not to shove the cross down people's throat, but to help them see the love of God made known to mankind, demonstrated while we were still sinners. We celebrate this because it's grace written in history at large, in an event that was historical and real. And so Paul says, ah, the thing that I celebrate, that I brag about, it's the cross. And finally, don't you love how he ends this message in verse 18, where he tells us that we really are in the grace business. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. That's not just like, um, okay, take care, thanks for listening. The end of the letter. He's actually restating in a powerful, succinct way the message of Galatians. It's about grace. With your spirit. It's about the thing that really matters most. And we get this really fantastic privilege of being in the business of communicating grace. Loving people in such a way that they'll see it. And God's spirit working through me and through you in such a way that God's grace will be evident. So, here's some ways to engage the truth of God's word. First, look to restore someone gently this week. You're in the restoration business. Did you know that? And you can get better at it, by the way. Do it with gentleness, but know that there are people around you who need this activity for you. Not for you to be some, you know, holier-now person, because you're not. Remember, Paul says, if you think you're something, but you're not, you're nothing. You haven't earned anything spectacular by your works, but God has loved you and invested worth in you. Be about this. Help someone gently come to renewal in their life, to leave guilt and shame and sin behind, and to be right. Second, Tell someone. Sow the seed. Tell someone by your activity, by your words, about God's goodness. Get involved in the harvest. Start planting. It doesn't mean this week you're going to reap. It's okay. Be patient, Paul says. There will come a season. There will come a time. Don't grow weary of this. Be strong, brothers and sisters, in the harvest. Third, brag about the cross to someone. Tell someone how good it is, if it really is that good to you. How good is it to know that you're loved by God? Okay, so last week I was in this African-American church. If I say that there, I'm going to hear something, right? Someone's going to say there, you go, preacher. You Come on now. Come on now. Amen. So let me say this practice one more time here. So <laughs> the cross is worth bragging about. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. It is worth telling someone about through acts of love and, and through my response and through my words, bragging about it, telling about how good is it to be loved by God and to know and to be secure, to know that it's nothing I did, but God just loved me and rescued me because of my faith. And finally, 
The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you, brothers and sisters. Let it ooze out of you. Let it spill out onto other people. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is what we celebrate. And that's why we're celebrating baptisms right now. Because God's grace has been made known in these lives that are now new. May I pray with you, please. Father, thank you. Thank you for uh, the powerful truth of this great book of Galatians. And now, Lord, as we celebrate, you are making life new in the lives of these, our friends. We ask that you would express by our following the Spirit and work in our lives, lives this week that so and sow into the lives of our culture and our friends and our neighborhoods in such a way there'll be a great harvest. We pray these things for the glory of Christ, Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Bridges Podcast. Check out Bridges Community Church website at bridgescc.org for more information.